0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil and you're listening to Longbox Heroes.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 571 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. Joe and Todd here. Todd, how we doing, sir? I'm doing good. Doing good. You? I'm doing all right. Uh, A lot of off-air discussion here in between the After Dark and this (laughs) recording, of course. Uh, One of those things being uh, that I've finally, after 570-plus episodes of doing this show, uh, I've decided to get a a better pop filter for my microphone. Right, right. Uh, Not that I'm one much who, like, pops into the microphone or whatever, but... Every movement that I make or a brush against the desk, uh, I, I hear it on the edit back, you know? Right, right. And I'm like a step away from getting the egg crates to hang behind me.
0: <laughs> I always said you were the Neil Peart of podcasting.
1: Isn't he a drummer of some yeah. kind?
0: Well, the way you're constantly banging on the table, you know?
1: Well, that's more of a Rush Limbaugh-esque thing that I picked up from him in all wow. my days of watching Rush.
0: Yeah, well, your your kid's favorite uh, radio show, right?
1: No, he was a he was a big uh, free beer and hot wings guy.
0: Right. No, I just remember you telling me the story. He's like, that radio show is terrible because he used to hear it at a certain relative's house.
1: <laughs> right. It was right. I forgot because um, your Rush and your Imus and all those people they would simulcast their radio on TV as well. Right. And my in-laws would watch it. And uh, just like the mere mention of that, when my kid would spend more time up there, mm-hmm. uh, he would know those people as punishment. <laughs> it was like, I did something bad and I can't like be on my tablet or my video games. So I'm stuck with this. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, one thing that we're not stuck with, Todd, is uh, comic book news and updates and so forth. Uh, we have... Um, Hmm. So, the news is like delicate subjects to deal with, okay? <laughs> right, right. And since we are a radio show that you're tuning into, I'll tease them in this way. Uh, the perils of being an independent publisher and creator, mm-hmm. as well as fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, that's, that's a lot of shaming going on. A <laughs> whole, whole
0: lot of shaming going on.
1: Uh, comic book conventions, uh, big week of conventions this week, uh, updates on, um, Baltimore, which pertains to Todd and other listeners of this show, uh, updates of the movie schedule, the TV schedule, as we get to those a little bit later on in the show, uh, digital sales this week, what we read from this past week, which was Marvel's Dark Ages number one, what we're looking forward to coming out this week, Todd's Art Attack, the last push for the pigskin pickems. Todd, uh, Joe and Todd have issues talking Jonah Hex and the end of an era uh, (laughs) that comes with great power and something else. (laughs) In the Spider-Clone saga, I wish I could remember what that word was. It's
0: It's escaping me too, Joe. mm -hmm.
1: And discussion of the most recent episodes of Stargirl... And the season finale, I guess, of Legends of Tomorrow.
0: I guess.
1: I say I guess only because, like, it's back in five weeks. So. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. And I was like, no, definitive ending to storylines, but we'll get there. We'll get right, there. Right,
1: but usually, like, I'm, I, like, and again, the world is all topsy-turvy, Todd. You know, <laughs> typically there's, like, months in between, like, the beginning of one season the end of another or vice versa. This time it's literally five weeks.
0: Yep. can I just have a glass of orange juice and a rest and we'll go again, you know? Right.
1: Oh, boy. (laughs) So, uh, this past week, uh, there was a big to-do online in regards to independent publisher Action Lab Studios. Uh, They do a variety of different books, and I think maybe the one that you've probably seen the most of, and I'm saying you, the general listener of the show, not any one particular person being singled out, is a book entitled "Zombie Tramp."
0: Hmm. Wonder what that's
1: about, right? Uh, as you say, Todd, uh, with many of the things that you've co-opted and coined for the soon-to-be named <laughs> network, it's it does what it says on the tin, right? <laughs> yep. So there's been a lot of discussion of creators not being paid, um, and having the rights to the characters that they created for this this company not being able to get those rights back, Mm -hmm. okay? Now, the publisher of Action Lab Studios, uh, the president, if you will, Brian Seaton, gave out some information stating that he had been on medical leave since November of 2019. And then again, of course, the pandemic caused a lot of issues, of course. Um, So where a lot of the pieces kind of get put back together, because it doesn't feel like we're getting the full story with everything that happened here. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas comic book creator, Jeremy Whitley, who most recently uh, wrote the Wasp series at Marvel, maybe like within the last like two or three years. Okay. I remember that one. Yeah. So he had been doing a book at action lab called princeless. And when all this action lab stuff was coming up and I'm like, I know, I know, Jeremy Whitley has talked about this before, many times, actually. And the books that he did, like I said, Princeless and Raven, Pirate Princess, which was a spinoff of this, were books that he had done at Action Lab. And as he had more recently laid it all out when these two stories came out, was that he, along with many other um, creators at Action Lab, instead of being paid were being paid in stock in the company. Okay. Okay, and then um, being paid in stock in the company started to slow down. Then books would be completed and handed in and then miss solicitation date without the creators being told of what was going on. Then when the company shut down at the beginning of the pandemic and then tried to reopen back up, This past uh, July, no creators that had books were informed of any of these openings or closings. So it just feels as though this looks like a company that kind of got in over their head and had a very poor job of communicating to the rest of the people that were working for them what was going on. Obviously, this is a much smaller instance of this. Action Lab, definitely not a huge company. And again, there's not a knock on them. There's tons of comic book companies out there. I would say that maybe on the best day, they're in the top 25. Okay. Maybe. But one would have to imagine that there are companies where this sort of happens on a much larger scale, but we don't get a chance to hear about it. Right. Except if it's DC.
0: Right. Well, it's, you know, more lucrative contracts and you don't want to rock that boat sometimes. But, uh, yeah, with the smaller company, you're going to you're going to hear about it because you're not going to give them as much leash. You know what I mean? It's like you need to get paid or it's time to move on kind of a deal. I mean, I guess that's all I read about this. You know, like it's a lot of bad, bad misjudging how to run a company but uh like i get like some of the pandemic stuff it's like oh we didn't get paid during the pandemic well you know diamond wasn't paying the you know the comic companies either a lot of money stopped up but it's like the stuff before that like if you didn't have that then i i'd give you leeway but this is all like it's just it's just just bad management all around like and that's that'll hurt you every time
1: so i don't know Right, right, and and hopefully the creators get uh, what they have coming to them, but I, I will say this, um, I don't know, you know, I, I get getting paid in stock is like a bonus mm-hmm. to what you're doing, but you should not ever be paid only in stock.
0: Right, and I did block that out for a second, that's something that's weird, and, and I mean, unless you agree to, like, I, I would never agree to to getting paid in stock on a, on a small company right um so if that if that if that's a bait and switch that's horrible if you just you sign the contract or whatever handshake whatever like, yeah I'll take stock that's on you but then you have to give it out you know what i mean like i i don't know it's
1: it's this is very weird and i'm glad
0: i don't own a small comic company
1: <laughs> right and another part of it is of course with You know, and I'll even go you one further, like, let's say whatever's going on with the pandemic, or medical leave, or the company shutting down, period, and I don't know the, you know, the details of the contracts or everything, but if you are no longer going to be a publisher, you certainly should give the creations back to the creators so they can hopefully do something with them somewhere else.
0: Right, Sea Watchmen.
1: Right, um... You know, obviously, Watchmen is, like, the ultimate example of this, where Zombie Tramp is well, well further down <laughs> on the scale of these things. Again, not knocking anyone who's into that book, but it's pretty much the same thing, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, But a lot of these stories that I was seeing about this reminded me so much of CrossGen.
0: Oh, yeah. But Cross... But, see, CrossGen, from, like, the stories I was told, because we know people who work for CrossGen... Right. Um it was a lot different because cross-gen had the money, but they were throwing it around way too much. Like c- cross-gen is literally the opposite of Action Labs. It was like, oh, you come in, like blah, blah, blah. And like to woo artists or writers, I heard this was like, oh, you come in. And they would have this big, like expensive piece of artwork, not from a, uh, a cross-gen comic, but from like a classic comic from back in the day. Let's just say, like, I'm not... Uh, this might be overstating, like a Kirby page or something like that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, that's great. Oh, you want to work? Yeah, yeah. You Here, take it. Like, that was the deal. Di- like, money was just.
1: Those just, were signing bonuses.
0: Yeah, it was like, here, like, not only are you getting the money, we're just going to throw dumb stuff and bankrupt ourselves on top of it. So I get what you're saying, because immediately, as soon as I read this, I was like, eh, this kind of reminds me of CrossGen, but a complete 180.
1: Right. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, it just, uh, these things do happen. If you are, um, an aspiring comic book writer or artist, you know, definitely looking to self-publishing first. That seems to maybe be mm-hmm. an easier thing right now, as opposed to, uh, you know, I know a publisher will get you in the catalogs, but sometimes, right, you know, doing your own thing and being your own boss is worth it.
0: And if I were you next time you're in the shop, bring up, uh the zombie tramp to the Catwoman fan loves that book.
1: <laughs> it depends if I have my kid with me. I, right. I, I, I kind of put a, a muffler on myself of what I, uh, what, what hornet's nests I shake when I go to the comic book shop. If I got my kid with me.
0: Right. And you're too busy smelling the new comic books, Joe.
1: Oh yes, <laughs> absolutely. Nothing better than that smell. First time being in the shop in years.
0: Right,
1: right. All right. So the last bit of business um, is in regards to our beloved Immortal Hulk, which is coming to its natural conclusion next month Mm -hmm. uh, by uh, Al Ewing and Joe Bennett. Uh, So there was an issue that came up a few months ago where in an issue of Immortal Hulk, there was some art that was put in. Um, that appeared to be anti-Semitic, right? Um, it was corrected in the digital, uh, editions. It was corrected in the, uh, collection of this. Um, and Joe Bennett apologized, mm-hmm. essentially saying, um, you know, that this was a mistake. Um, it was intended to be, uh, references to famous horror directors because it was Cronenberg and a Star of David, um, mentioning writings backwards, misspellings, um, and so forth. And everyone kind of just took him at his word for the most part, right? Right. Uh, because I think Joe Bennett is Brazilian.
0: I believe so.
1: And there's, uh, you know, obviously possibly a language barrier there as well. So this week uh it had come out a uh image that a political cartoon that Joe Bennett drew uh regarding the president of Brazil and uh beheading some other political opponents, and the political opponents were drawn in a very anti Semitic way. Mm-hmm. I'll give you one. Okay. Um obviously. Neither of us are Jewish, so I can understand completely listening to this, reading this, seeing this. If you are, that this is going to hurt a little bit more, sting a little bit more, hit a little bit closer to home. Or maybe you're just a little bit more tuned into those sort of things than Todd or myself are, right?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, However, it was this second time where Al Ewing released a statement, and I'm not going to get into the entirety of it. Um, but he called the image reprehensible, said that he's, you know, a Hulk 50 is in the books, ready to go. There's nothing he can do about that. Uh, but it's going to be his um, best not to work with Joe again. He feels as though this in the previous instance back from Immortal Hulk 43 kind of speaks volumes as opposed about Joe as opposed to his apologies or lack thereof. Uh, Al Ewing stated that he was going to make some donations um, to charities that kind of help these sort of things in Brazil. And uh, I I think Al Ewing handled this as class, as classy as someone can, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when something like this comes up, um, you know, and a lot of people can claim, well, this is Al Ewing covering his butt. He knew about this and so forth. And, you know. Maybe people do know. I'd like to take Al Ewing at his word. And it really bums me out that, you know, it took a second time for me to let it slide to say, like, okay. Um, maybe Joe Bennett may have bad intentions when it comes to this sort of thing. You right, know? Right. I get you. Yeah.
0: I get you. So does this mean, I just, I question, you still getting Hulk 50? Yeah. Right. Um, I, either way I have it ordered pre-ordered, so I won't stick the retailer with it. You know what I mean? Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I get what you said. I was just curious, but, uh, yeah, this, it is this is weird. I, I, I have a feeling I won't call anybody out, but I just, I mean, the, I, I never saw cause I couldn't find it, the picture, you know what I mean? I don't know if it was, I looked in the, like our show notes and stuff like that. I was looking over stuff, but, um, I, cause I know it's from 2017, so and I believe probably there's other you're like you're going to find other stuff out there and it's one of those things that I'm wondering who know and who knew and when they knew. And that's my only thing. I'd like to think that people didn't, but there's a part of me that is the what do you call it where I'm very uh I don't know the word I'm looking for suspicious of things that I think I, I won't say Al, I don't know, but people knew and you know, it was just a money-making book and we'll figure out what it's over. The real test will be, I think he's on one of those uh, Joe Bennett now is on one of those new books that are like being uh, promoted. Like the the movies, I think it's timeless is the one we'll see if he's still on that at the end of the, you know what I mean? And then I don't know, like, I don't know where this, this could go a lot of places so i i want to
1: see mm-hmm. and you know i mentioned you know mentioned 2017 uh there was the one from uh earlier this year on uh, in, in the immortal hulk um and there was another one of course i think maybe from 2019 okay where uh he supported uh joe bennett that is uh, supported violence against, um, someone in the media, uh, a Brazilian journalist who, uh, you know, was a little bit more liberal than I guess that he filled and he was, uh, condoning and advocating violence against him. Mm-hmm. So again, there was a lot of pieces there. And again, I make no excuses for my past fandom of things and all, you and I, and we, and anyone that's worked with Joe Bennett or a fan of called themselves a fan of Joe Bennett or otherwise could do is just hopefully, uh, you know, learn from whatever happened and, uh, hopefully make things a little bit better. I guess,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that's really all we can do, right? So, uh, in different news, lateral news, what have you, um, Conve- conventions this weekend there's a bunch of conventions happening uh florida portland oregon little rock arkansas and lexington kentucky <laughs> links to these will be all in the show notes and there's quite a smattering and uh assortment of guests all throughout these right so rose city comic con in portland oregon we have comic side uh Greg Rucca, Aaron LaPresse, Amy reader, Doc Shaner, media guest wise Todd, mm-hmm. Carl Weathers, George Takei, oh my, Christina Ricci, huh? if you need the if you need to fuel up the helicopter, you know you know you know where the uh, gas cap is, <laughs> right right, and uh, Anthony Starr. Do you know who Anthony Starr is? Uh
0: I'm not off the top of my head. I probably do though.
1: Uh he would be um uh what's the lead guy from the boys with the milk?
0: Oh, Homelander.
1: Homelander.
0: Oh my goodness, I want to get a milk bottle sign for your wife.
1: <sighs> there should be a photo option where you can get him with or without a milk mustache.
0: Oh, or at least a filter.
1: Yeah. Uh, Arkansas, uh, Comic-Con, Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, not so many comic folks, um, but Mina Suvari is going to be there. Hitting all my greatest hits. Anyway, go ahead. Tara Reed is going to be there. Hey, who turned out the lights?
0: That's an in-joke, don't you worry.
1: All right. Shannon Elizabeth? All right. Okay. Uh, David Keckner.
0: David Keck? Is that a... From Anchorman, yes. Okay, I always forget. Like he has that name, I could never remember.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Todd Packer from The Office. If you watch yep, The yep. Office, yep. He was in a Talladega Nights. He's one of those guy actors. Yep. Uh, Sting and Britt Baker will be there, aka Kabuki Crow. And uh, I don't know. Maybe by the time this week on, she might still be the AW Women's Champion. Who knows? Who knows? Right.
0: With that sweet Comic-Con contract, anyway.
1: Oh, boy. Well, how sweet is the Comic-Con contract? Lexington Lexington Toy and Comic Book Convention this weekend, Lexington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Starks and Chris Schweizer all oh, uh, Six Side Kicks of Trigger Keaton are going to be there.
0: He's going to be at Baltimore, uh, not Kyle Starks. Um, so, uh, definitely thinking about getting a sketch. Anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe the nine uh, Michael ball car. Rose- oh, sorry. The nine ball car is my dream. But anyway.
1: <laughs> Michael Rosenbaum, the one true Lex Luthor and the second true Flash will be there. <laughs> right. And if you're a fan of sports and entertainment, uh, Sting is also gonna be at this convention. I'm not sure how he's gonna work that out, but he is. Right. That's uh that's that's the Kroger meet opportunity if there ever was one. Well, with the face paint, you can't tell who's really behind that. That's true. It could be Jeff Farmer. Who knows? Okay. Uh, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, Rick and Scott Steiner, not to be confused (laughs) with Scott Snyder. Uh, (laughs) Double A, Arn Anderson, Nikita Koloff, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and Lex Luger are all going to be at this one.
0: Wow. I hope Ricky has his alligator.
1: I hope he has the giant thing of fire that he breathes.
0: Oh, that would be cool. That would yeah. be cool. I wonder if he'll, if he'll give you a signed jar of fire to take home.
1: <laughs> but of all these conventions and all these great guests that are all put together, um, the one that I would go to is Florida Supercon in Miami Beach, Florida. Okay. Because on the creator side, uh, Amanda Conner and Jimmy Palmiotti are going to be there
0: two great creators man
1: always a fun time always a party and kicking off the 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 autumn of you smell bad oh john cena is gonna be at this convention
0: he better have the peacemaker outfit
1: and well this is where we're gonna get the test uh this is the first convention on his schedule and I think he's on stuff up to and including New York Comic Con in yep. November October. is October. New York, October, October. Yep. So we'll see how this one goes for the uh, doctor of thugonomics himself.
0: That's right. Now, Joe, you get a Mark photo with John Cena, right? Yeah. What Peacemaker outfit or do you like want him in the spinner belt and all that stuff?
1: I would want us to be wearing matching John Cena hats.
0: All right, fair enough. Me, I want Peacemaker. Peacemaker all the way, and if it wasn't COVID, he lets me wear the helmet. (laughs) Todd Peacemaker, nice to meet you.
1: So, yeah, if you're in any of those areas or know someone who's going to any of those shows, you know, the links are there. And, uh, you know, also the... Websites have been posting very clear, very concise uh, COVID protocols, if you're concerned or worried or otherwise about this. Um, Obviously, masks, approved masks are required at all of these conventions. Um, Proof of vaccination or negative COVID test within 72 hours of you entering the convention floor seems to be pretty much at this point the industry standard for conventions.
0: Yeah, it was probably, you know, a standard insurance clause It has to be, you know, like there's no way around it
1: We just officially got the uh, information about Baltimore doing just that And I double-checked and cross-referenced it With uh, these other conventions as well So, you know, if you're still a little bit leery about heading out At least that let, let that be a little bit of comfort toward you On some of these bigger cons They're doing their best to take every precaution imaginable
0: the only question I have about it is not because I'm willing – I am wear a mask. I bring – you know, I'm, I'm vaccinated. So I got no problem with all this. The only – like, just I wish it was a little clearer on some of these sites where it's like, oh, like you can have proof on your smartphone. Well, I know there's these websites that you could document that you're uh, vaccinated. Or do they mean like, oh, you have a picture – like, because obviously I have ID. You have a picture – of the, the vaccination card On your phone like so you're not Getting to the con it's like oh that we, we Don't accept that we accept the other thing Now you have to figure out how to get if that Makes any sense whatsoever You know but hopefully You know I could figure that out but either way going to Baltimore looking forward to it
1: For sure uh, Also check out our friends And side things of The uh, podcast at soon to be named soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Still getting ribbed about Tumblr over on, uh, <laughs> wings, on wings, but that's okay. Ideal, ideal. Mm-hmm.
0: It is ideal.
1: <laughs> so, of course, we have them. We have Hit My Music, which just launched last week. Uh, Porch Talk, We Need Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, At Odds With Wrestling, and, of course, this, Longbox Heroes and Longbox Heroes After Dark uh be sure to check out other friends and assorted sundries of the network uh kevin hellion's podcast or his website mass library he just put up a new video of uh some walmart um those packs of comics that you can get you know right right and uh, i think he found some uh, interesting and rare variant covers there i've been seeing that popping up a lot more frequently where those uh bundle packs at your walmart's and stuff have been Getting some really, really rare uh variants showing up in them. Right. Uh Rick Williams the Chop Shop, those cool resin and uh glow-in-the-dark sci-fi fantasy wrestling things that he does. Uh Jason Sandberg's Jupiter is available on Comixology. Chris Runt's Battle Monsters also available on Comixology. Uh did I say yeah, cr- I did say correctly there. Check out Chris's podcast uh fortress of comics that comes out every monday i think todd was on an episode recently
0: I a couple was, of months I ago was.
1: maybe yep uh definitely also check out our local comic book store comics on the green if you do not have a good comic book store in your area or any comic book store in your area uh the gang there even though they're down a basis still do a <laughs> very brisk uh pull list mail order subscription service uh like i said mail order or picking it up in person whether you're doing it weekly monthly just make sure you get your books and maybe you might get a sketch on it from our good friend becky you could check out her arts commissions and otherwise process on her social media and all of that stuff is linked in the show notes of every episode
0: right and if you're even luckier every once in a while tom durenick will show up at the shop and they like a one out of every 20 or 25 might be a tom durenick sketch so even better man
1: did i see a tom durenick superman made an appearance this week on someone's uh mail order thing
0: yes it did he was at the shop and i was there and becky was like um i'm lazy you do it quote that was a quote so um. So Tom did. He was just sitting there and and like watching. I don't know if you've ever watched Tom draw. It's fascinating because he's just like, "Hey, everybody, how you doing?" I'm like talking, like looking down at the page for a second. There's a there's a completely completed face while I talk to Todd and stuff like that. So it's fun to watch. So yeah, somebody got a Superman from the big Tom Marino.
1: Yeah, and uh, Tom's more of a Facebook guy. Um, mm-hmm. I know off air we mentioned this, but I, I'm going to say it on air. He needs a social media manager
0: uh and i've said it i said it last week i'm willing to to take that mantle on i got big shoulders like i always uh-huh. say so i'll do it
1: uh but you know tom uh puts a lot of his stuff up there he does beautiful work and you know the commissions and just random sketches that he does sells for hundreds of dollars
0: mm-hmm. the backgrounds he'll do is ridiculous in a good way
1: yes elaborate details. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the word. That's yes. The word. Uh, but, you know, hey, randomly might get a sketch if, you have, if you're if you on the comic down the green mail order subscription list, too. You know, that's mm-hmm. just the way the, the cracker crumbles sometimes. Yep. Uh, digital sales this week, if you're that sort of a comic book reader. A um, couple holdovers from last time around. Like I said, Dynamite's uh, omnibus stuff. Dynamite, um... Red Sonja stuff, IDW, G.I. Joe, and Transformer stuff. Um, IDW's also thrown in their Star Trek Day. What day is Star Trek Day, Todd, so I know when to avoid it?
0: I believe it's, uh might be tomorrow as we record this, September 8th. Mm. As this drops, waiting for uh, br- uh, something for, about Brave New Worlds. Somebody might have to help me with that Star Trek show.
1: Uh, oh, okay. But, so, I, you know. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel also having sales on Kazar and X-Men milestones. okay and DC uh, image having a sale on crime related stuff and nothing beats an image crime sale, I tell you
0: because it's got criminals in it.
1: It's got cri- it's it's essentially just like Ed Brubaker and the rest. and again, this is <laughs> the rest short shrift. Right. As the rest, it's like Greg Rocca and James Tinian <laughs> and so on and so forth. But uh, I don't know. Getting like the Ed Brubaker stuff for pennies on the dollar is quite the deal. Um, just perusing it very quickly here, seeing that you can get the first trade of Department of Truth for four bucks. Oh, that's a good deal. That's a great deal. I don't know. Um, but speaking of deals, uh, DC's spotlight deal this week is, uh, why the last man?
0: Mm, I wonder why
1: literally More on that later, I guess. <laughs> right. Uh, but with all that out of the way, Todd, let's get into what we read from this past week, um, which would be dark ages. Number one.
0: Right. Written by Tom Taylor art by Ibon Coelho.
1: believe i got that right
0: yes anyway it starts out you know someone narrating the story which turns out to be peter parker um because you could tell by the little spider on the word uh block there um and it's saying like this is how it started there's having a party at you know peter's house and immediately they they let us know that this is not the 616 universe if you will it's a basically a what if story without you know saying what if in the name um Uh, And all of a sudden, all the spider characters lose their mind because their spider senses are going off. Various uh, smart characters are picking up what's happening, the telepaths. So basically people head to the Freedom Four Plaza to figure out what's going on. And the Watcher shows up and he's like, "Okay, this is what's coming. Basically gives the origin and the, the, the past story of the character that's coming. And says, you guys have to stop him. He's at the middle of the earth. While that's going on, like, earth is being, like, you know, earthquakes and destruction. So the heroes that don't go, they're trying to, you know, stop all the damage and fix things. Basically, they go down, fight this creature. They put him basically on ice. But because of what happens, it basically takes away the ability for all electronics and stuff like that to work. Um, hence the name Dark Ages. And this is the story. Uh, now we're going to go into what happens, and a certain villain is is part of it. Here's you know the, the thing coming. He's getting ready. And at the end, we see the group of villains, I guess, who you know we're going to be, you know going up against during the dark ages. Um I, I love Tom Taylor. I'm going to say I I like this book. I don't love it the way I love Nightwing or loved it like the way I like his Son of Kal-El Superman book. Um, It was a great uh, start to the story because obviously the story isn't what happens in this. It's the fallout of the story. So it's a great, uh, you know, lead in. But now I want to see the world afterwards, like what happens. So it's a good, you know, first issue. But I feel like we're going to... uh, Get way more for it. I really enjoyed it. You know, Dark Ages was fun.
1: Yes. Uh, so fun for a book where tons of people die and there's no more power in this mm-hmm. uh, iteration of the Marvel Universe. And I don't want to give away spoilers and stuff, but it's not really world breaking Marvel Universe spoilers, but it's obviously this book spoilers, right? Right. I loved as though the buildup to what we get on the last like four or five pages. Mm -hmm. itself could have been its own miniseries yep yep you could have drugged that team building out you could have drugged out the battles out you could have drugged the planning out but the fact that tom taylor wrote these marvel characters that we know very well and there's little differences as todd mentioned it's definitely not the 616 universe but it's still an enjoyable series nonetheless Mm -hmm. or first issue nonetheless um but the fact that these are characters that we know so well from reading them in other books, it's there is a problem and they immediately spring into action. Mm-hmm. The smartest people go over here. The people that can do this are saving people. The people that can do this are over here. And then behind the scenes, you have your villains and your opportunistic folks just kind of sitting back and waiting. Right. Um, I love the team that assembled I love the origin of what caused all of this, mm-hmm. and I love the solution to it, where the solution was one of those things where we don't really have time to decide whether this solution is going to damn us all or whatever, but it's going to stop this immediate threat.
0: Right. But if things had worked out, they w- it would have been able to stop. Tragedy happens and, and you know yes. electricity goes away. But I'm with you. Um, I loved it. And there's even a scene later where a character's trying to get home to see the aftermath of something. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those, like, moments where I had, like, my heart in my throat because I really wasn't sure the way it was going to go. Like, so the, not only in this grand scheme, there was, like, little moments. So, yeah, I, you know, and, like, when I, like you said, when I say fun, I don't mean fun and ha-ha, you know, just I'm a sucker for the what if books and I'm actually shocked they didn't slap a what if on
1: this. We we talked about this before and somebody else had pointed out to us that the current what if books that Marvel did had what if on there but it was like so small and so hidden that you didn't know they were what ifs if you were lo- mm-hmm. unless you were looking for them. Right. This
0: should have what if the dark ages right on the cover, you know?
1: Yeah, or something. Um especially you know, with the cartoon you know right so i think with the cartoon the reason there is is because there is no episode of the cartoon that's like this
0: that is i get it but the whole point is each story is supposed to be different though not to get too deep in the weeds on the other thing i do feel that uh there's all these different what if stories in the tv show that they're going to bring that group of like all different worlds avengers together at the end but i think you could have just done something but also the fact that this book was supposed to be out during pandemic yes. honest to god maybe the covers were done and it's like obviously you could do stuff in post but who knows if the books were printed back then you know what yeah I mean? so now you got to put what if and changes everything that might be
1: another reason on this one So it will be interesting to see if the what if animated thing comes over to the comics because it is already proliferating over into other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't got a chance to watch everything. So, again, take that for what it is. Um, The Hydra Stomper. Right. uh, There's already a toy of it out. Right. And it's the next new character in Marvel Puzzle Quest.
0: Wow, that happens so fast. It's almost like, you know, like Disney had it in advance, but I don't believe
1: that. Well, I'll say I think delays on a lot of stuff helped Mm -hmm. because we did have both Red Guardian and (laughs) uh, the Yelena Maloney that was in um, Black Black. Widow movie.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Maybe about a year uh, in the game a year before the movie finally came out.
0: Right. Yeah. Like like non-happening free comic book day last
1: year. (laughs) Yeah but definitely check out dark ages if you know the bare bones of your major marvel characters there's not a lot of continuity that you really have to worry about and if you're mm. if you're enjoying the what if animated series if you like the old what if series if you just like seeing alternate reality stuff of the marvel universe this is a great jumping on point by a great creative team yep So sadly, with the holiday, that's really all we got a chance to read that we crossed over on last Mm -hmm. week. So let's get into what's coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday at noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them sent to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out. Uh, Todd and I attempt to guess what the other was most looking forward to coming out. This week, I'm currently in the lead over Todd with one correct guess.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's going to be tough. Ooh, this is a tough cho- Cause, choose week, boy. Because there's a lot of books this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's perennially, I'd say, five books that could be either of our picks of the week. Yep. I'm going to say the book that you were most looking forward to coming out this week is Six Sidekicks of Trigger Keaton, number four.
0: It is the book I'm looking forward to most.
1: All right. It is. It is. I mean, that,
0: Joe, I was him and Han all day on what my book would be. Honestly. Right. God, because, like, I, cause this is what we call stalling, so I could figure out your book. <laughs> but, uh, no, like it could have been Blue and Gold. It could have been Nice House on the Lake. It could have been Six Side, Tri- K- Side Kicks of Trigger Keaton. Dead Box, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Um, is the book you're looking forward to the most also Six Side Kicks of Trigger Keaton? It
1: is. It is? Uh, same situations. Uh, you know, I could switch over to screen share to show Todd because usually the, when I email myself, i've only messed up like four times where i include the link so i could put it in the show notes of my book so i Mm -hmm. have it and uh could have been dead box uh i know you didn't enjoy the first issue of not all robots as much as i did but i really enjoyed it that could have been in there uh for me nice house of the lake blue and gold number two finally coming out um But, you know, six sidekicks to Trigger Keaton has really been hitting, man. It's like the book. Um, You know, we only got three more issues of it, four, five, six. And then we'll, uh, you know, it'll be a little bit easier to tell. uh, Or it'll be a little bit more difficult to tell what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week.
0: Right, right. I'm glad I didn't mess up because I'd hate hate to see you get two ahead. That's almost
1: insurmountable, you know. At this point, you know, with only, what, four months left in the year?
0: Yep. Like, you can't mess up. I mean... Uh Got to pick those right, you know?
1: So while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done together, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, and the current ongoing smash sensation Todd and Joe Have Issues, uh, covering the mid to late 2000s run by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray on Jonah Hex, and the much maligned Spider-Cologne saga. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Every time you say it that way, I hear Spider-Cologne. So, and the fact that they never made a Spider-Man scent and called it that is just leaving money on the table, Joe.
1: I think they missed their time.
0: Well, he's coming back. You never know.
1: So, let me start things off here um, with Jonah Hex, uh, 46 and 47. Okay. Respectively, parts three and four of... The uh, crossover event here, uh, the the Six-Gun War, right? Right. So last we left our heroes, um, Tallulah Black and... um, Batlash. Batlash were about to be gunned down by uh, El Papagayo and his men. And then all of a sudden, the beginning of this issue, Jonah Hex and a bunch of the Apache uh with uh with blue eagle is that the guy yep yep okay um so they come storming in they save everyone um they get uh, jonah takes much delight in shooting and killing uh el papagayo's (laughs) parrot Mm -hmm. uh they do take el papagayo hostage so they can find out where uh turnbull is And they do let one guy go so that he can tell Turnbull that Jonah is alive Mm -hmm. to allow Turnbull to have maybe a false sense of security that he'll be able to get the jump on Jonah and his crew. But this is just going to, you know, as mentioned, false sense of security for Jonah. Right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So we flash forward to a week later where they still have El Papagayo strung up. He has not revealed the location of turnbull and all of his uh holdings and so forth so they sick el diablo on him to forcibly and uh mystically i guess get that information from him right uh we see uh turnbull putting together his legion of assassins to come after jonah uh including persians people from east africa uh assorted and sundry as he calls the mexicans And a uh, Irish hitman from New York. Right. And I'm sure all these disparate uh, personalities and so forth will blend together just fine.
0: Oh, swimmingly, I think it all
1: goes, Joe. Right. But uh, a bigger part of this is we get a little bit, and this is, I would say, maybe the most that we've seen um, this far into the book of some of Jonah's origin story. Yep. Where Jonah and Tallulah are, you know, in bed together, Let's say what it is. And uh, Jonah essentially has a flashback to his days as a Confederate soldier mm-hmm. um, and him kind of figuring out that this may not be the best course of action. He decides to turn himself in to the north uh, not wanting to get the rest of the people uh, involved, specifically the one guy that he ended up taking a liking to, Jeb. But one of the other uh, Union soldiers notices that the specific mud on Jonah's boots mm-hmm. are from a swamp on the Henderson Plateau, so that must have been where the Confederate soldiers were. So they sent, they, the Union send soldiers there and they do get the rest of Jonah's battalion and they, the union soldiers be bringing in the Confederate soldiers, make the Confederate soldiers believe that Jonah is the one who gave them up. Right. Um. It all ends up in a big shootout. Jeb gets shot and Jonah ends up getting away Uh, in trying to do good. And the bit at the end where Jonah is like, Oh, you know, now could we stop talking about this? And Tulu is like, what are you talking about? You've just been staring at the wall for the last five minutes. Right. Right.
0: Um, so I'm just making sure you do understand that Jeb is Quentin's son, right?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: I just, cause I know you didn't mention, and he ends up getting him. you know, like he ends up getting blamed for it. And as you know, some survivors got out of the Fort Charlotte, it's called the Fort Charlotte massacre. Um, they end up, he like now that's why anybody in the Confederacy hate, Confederacy hates him because they think he's a traitor even though he never did. He was like, I just I I know what this war is. He goes, I I believe that the state should have the right to do what they are. But being an Apache slave, I'm not down with your other ideas. and this was all fleshed out way more in the other in the like the the Bronze Age stuff. Sure. And, and but he's basically like, oh, I, I can't do this. So I really like that bit of it. And that's all it takes for Jeb to just not Jeb, Quentin to hate him. And they end up having this whole, like, you know, uh, what do you call it? Just fe- ongoing feud through the Bronze Age comics and here now. So I think it's very straightforward, interesting, you know, story to, to get a villain out of. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Uh so we go over into issue 47. Um, so I'm not saying that I don't like this issue, but this issue so far felt like the most filler of the issue Mm -hmm. uh, of this little story arc, because most of this issue was Jonah and Tallulah Black bickering with each other in a will they, won't they David and Maddie moonlighting sort of way. Right. Which which was fun, which was great, but it didn't, really feel like it moved the storyline along.
0: Right, other than they took down a bunch of uh, you know, banditos that were coming after him. Uh, I, I personally like the interaction because I do like uh, and I get what you're saying on the filler part of this but with, you know, Batlash like just get a room kind of a deal and them going back and forth, I, I like the interactions and El Diablo who's who's Lazarus at this point so he doesn't have the powers, he's just like, I just don't want to die. And I'm like, this just fun, but I totally get what you're saying.
1: And and like I said, I'm not saying that I didn't like it. It's very enjoyable, but I'm like, oh, we're going to trim this up a little bit, but let's look at the next two issues, which we will short, you know, next week, and then see if there could have been other stuff trimmed up. Uh, Turnbull's assassins are all together in, in a room together, and wouldn't you know it, they can't get along. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, Turnbull does lay out his plan. He sees where Jonah and his crew are headed. He knows that there is a town there with a bar and he knows that Jonah is a drunk. So they're going to stop there for Jonah to get a drink. And then once everyone there is nice and toasted, that's where they're going to get the drop on them. Right. Well, they get to the town and another recurring character shows up in Chaco. AKA Mosquito. I love Chaco. Mm -hmm. Um, and Chaco is there and Chaco tips, uh, Jonah off because of course there are people in this town. And I think even one of the assassins are there trying to lure, uh, Jonah with her feminine wiles Mm -hmm. and, uh, Chaco kind of stooges all this stuff off. Jonah makes a big show in front of everyone telling Chaco to kind of get lost. Uh, but, you know. Jonah figures out what's going on Make sure he doesn't get too drunk He goes off and hides But again of course it's too late And he shows up to dozens of people in the town Slain and that's how part four Of this ends
0: mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying um, I, I It is a fun little issue um, But you know A little bit of filler And I almost can't wait uh, For next issue I'm not going to say why but I can't wait For next issue Okay, You know so I so now go.
1: over to you Todd
0: Yep So uh, I had to read Spectacular Spider-Man 229 Giant sized stra- extravaganda With an acetate cover Which apparently a lot of people like Joe You know and it's called The Greatest Responsibility Part 3 of 3 um, I'm just going to get this out here now Because I was going to do a running gag Where I said responsibility a lot Through this but the one thing that I have to say about this before I even start, like uh, Tom DeFalco, baby, like layout, like I get it. Like you didn't have to say responsibility. It had to be 17 or 18 times in this oh. book.
1: Okay, Todd, how many times in this issue do they say responsibility? Not responsible, not responsibilities plural, but responsibility. How many times is it spoken in this issue? I counted.
0: Okay. See, I counted uh the variations because i counted all the same but um 12 times
1: 13 times i knew it was 12 or 13 but you know what i did i I didn't want to have to go back and read it again Mm -hmm. um but uh i think well you're supposed to be the one reviewing this go ahead i'll wait till you're done
0: Right. So uh, Ben and Peter, you know, it, uh, and obviously they're always in costume here, um, go to hunt down leads to uh, the doc, doc Ock, the new Doc Ock. So while they go to this like chop shop and they get attacked. And while they're there, um, one of the guys like, oh, I have a kid and a baby, at, a new baby at home. And Ben. Peter's like losing his stuff because he's like, you know, do, and the guy, one of the, the leaders of the group is like, get out of here. Another, you know, I ain't take another fall because you don't have the guts to live up to your responsibilities. And Peter's like screaming about responsibilities and he ends up like going off because he's got a baby now. And Ben's like, like dial it back. Like you end up like smacking the heck out of these guys. So, uh, then there's a little bit with like Mary Jane. She's doing the, uh, maternity clothes, uh, modeling and she faints um they head back home um they say responsibility a couple more times uh the phone they get home and the phone's ringing that mary jane's been taken to the hospital so they go uh with uh ben in his big uh disguise of sunglasses and a hat goes with peter to the hospital um and the doctor explains like hey there's traces of, you know, radioactivity in her blood, and uh, there, uh, there's changes because of the pregnancy, and I can't even figure out if this happened. Well, it's because of, uh, you know, what, what to happened to, to Peter. Um, so Seward turns up, trainer shows up, and he's like, I, I kind of knew this was going to happen, but I didn't want to worry you because, you know, I didn't know if it would, and you couldn't do anything about worrying about it, but I do have a cure or I have a treatment or a serum and I'm going to call my people who we've never seen trainer have people before at this point. Um, and they're going to deliver it. Luckily, doc, Ock, the new doc Ock is eavesdropping and finds out that it's going on. He's like, it would be the perfect bargaining chip. And now there's a person that doc Ock's talking to or a, comp- uh, a p- computer program that's inside this computer. We can't see their like, What they look like or whatever. Um, Just because I'm going to ask this now, I'm not supposed to know who this is. This wasn't in another story that we didn't get or anything like that, right? Correct. Okay, just making sure. So uh, on the way, uh, trainer's man man gets uh, gets grabbed. Trainer gets the call. I have the serum. Trade trade you trade trainer for the serum. So Peter and Ben have to go off because you know it's his responsibility. Um, they go and meet up at the place. Uh, they grab trainer, but they also destroy Peter and Ben. Put a Spidey tracer on them, so uh, they end up destroying that. Kind of, kind of wax up with their their spider sense because you know that's how they do it. They read the Spidey tracer and they go down. They put them in a van they go down. It was all like David Copperfield. Uh, there was a trap door and everything. So they they figure out they've gone out into the river at the dock. So they web up some finnies to, to swim through the, the ocean to find find them. They find Doc Ock's underwater, uh, what do you call it, villain lair. They go in. Uh, Doc Ock gets Trainer to talk about, uh, to, to break on the codes that they need to get into the virtual reality thing that she wants to to, to, to rule or whatever. So Ben and Peter break in. There's a great great two-page fight. Uh, where uh, my favorite thing is remember the, the at the daily bugle a while back you said there's a great panel of somebody spilling paint on someone's head there's yes. a great panel of spider-man choking a guy with his with his tongue hanging out of his with his eyes bulging that's my favorite uh visual of this issue by the way so um, they end up beating the, the the thugs they go and basically ben's like all right I, we come to a Two different ways we can go. We'll go our separate ways. Uh, Peter ends up finding the serum, and Ben ends up finding Trainer. Ben, uh, Peter gets in a fight with the new Doc Ock, and we find out she's better because she put a helmet on Joe. Where Doc Ock never, the original Octo, uh, Otto Octavius never wore a helmet, so he could be, you know, he could get uh, concussions. This one's like, I'm all good. My Tentacles don't, you know, webs don't affect them because they they burn off or whatever. Also, my faceplate is nonstick, so I've I've completely outthought you. But Peter ends up getting under her skin by talking to her about her father, um, and ends up distracting her and then throwing her through a wall, so she goes out into the ocean, and uh, he loses track track of her. Ben finds Trainer and the computer. He ends up saying it's not the computer. I'm actually a person, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. Um, then the building collapses on Peter all out, Oh my God, I got to get my medicine to Aunt May, but it's the serum to, uh, Mary Jane. Ben shows up to help him in that thing instead of, you know, him doing it on his own, like in the past with water falling on him, because that's like one of those things that they always have to do. They get it back to the hospital. Obviously the serum works, but now Peter thinks lots of responsibility, I have a kid and a baby. I I almost died today. And he ends up handing the costume over to Ben Riley and he's going to make him proud in his sunglasses and hat. So that's the whole story.
1: Uh, That pretty much covers everything. Um, Again, you mentioned about Seward trainer and his secret antidote that his people were working on that we've never seen him have people. Mm Mm-hmm. You mentioned about the web fins that they webbed up so they can go swimming. <laughs> right. Uh, you mentioned about Dr. Octopus uh, marveling at the abilities of cellul- cellular technology that she was able to eavesdrop on their conversation. hmm And you also mentioned about the helmet that she was wearing, uh, the new Dr. Octopus. You say it was so that she could protect herself from concussions or whatever. I think it was because Sal Buscema didn't want to draw her cowl and hair.
0: What? <laughs> oh, and they also, I forgot I got to mention, is this the last time because Tom DeFalco wrote uh, that he he was like, oh, I, I accidentally tapped Mary Jane.
1: So I, I was going to mention before when I uh, informed you that they say responsibility 13 times in this issue. Mm-hmm. I think Tom DeFalco had to get his quota in since none of the other writers on the Spider-Clone saga were even mentioning the time that Peter hit Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. I think he mentions it 400 times in this issue alone. Right. Um, I, I got my fingers crossed that it never comes up again.
0: Uh, it does. I, I bet it slows down because is Peter in the book from here on out for a while or does he take a break?
1: Okay. So, Todd, uh, so this story arc, The Greatest Responsibility, a lot of what's been going on has been taking place in, all, in, in virtual reality, okay? What? A lot of this stuff has been oh. taking place in virtual reality. Okay. Um, you know, the, the, the storage is in virtual reality. The person that Doc Ock is talking to is in virtual reality, Virtual reality is playing a big part in uh, this. These last three issues. Okay. Well, when the four Spider-Man titles get retitled as Scarlet Spider books, for the next two months, they're all virtual reality storylines. Oh, my uh, God. Ben's going into virtual reality, fighting virtual reality-based villains. Todd, we're skipping all of that. Really? None of it. It means nothing in the grand scheme of things. But Doc
0: Ock was working so hard to control virtual reality. I thought it was going to be a big plot point.
1: It And again, they tried, man. They, they devote two months of it, and it stinks. Oh, good. So we're not even skipping it. The next book that we're reading on the Spider-Man side. So obviously with uh, Jonah Hex, it's uh, issues 48 and 49 of the crossover. Um, With Spider-Man, we're going right in to Sensational Spider-Man number zero. Written and drawn by Dan Jorgens. Oh, advertised they, as the man who killed Superman is coming to take on Spider-Man.
0: Is this when they gave him the opportunity to write Spider-Man?
1: It certainly is.
0: And he was so happy that it was Peter, I mean, Ben Reilly?
1: Yes. Okay. And from here on out, we skip around a bit. Oh, no, you're shaving off more issues? So there's a bunch of stuff that happens in establishing Ben uh, as the one true Spider-Man, okay? Mm -hmm. And we'll get into all of it in Sensational Spider-Man Zero, whether it be the stuff that happens in the book or the stuff that happened around the book. But it jumps – like I said, we jump around a bit – um until we get to what would be like sensational spider-man number 11 okay just to kind of give like if sensational spider-man is the flagpole book of the spider-man books
0: right the tentpole yeah
1: the tentpole there you go uh we're reading issue zero we're reading, reading issue two we're reading issue four we're reading issue five and then we jump to issue 11
0: Oh, like I said, I I how will I ever deal with missing out on those issues
1: to give you an idea on how this stuff kind of is being played out in the Spider-Man books.
0: Right. You you you're promising me though I'm not missing any Judas Traveler and Scryer, right? The
1: the, the so again, not to <laughs> tip too far ahead, right? Um there is a story arc uh, that we when we, it's going to be a month from now in our conversations where we're back to two issues a week mm-hmm. for the return of Cain.
0: God, all right, all right, I almost made you edit the
1: show there. Right then, we have the crossover event Blood Brothers, mm. and Blood Brothers ends with a cover featuring scryer and the words that say i don't want to spoil it
0: okay untold centuries clearly defined powers one or the other
1: um no i'll wait i I want it to be a surprise for you okay (laughs) of what it says Right. um. But yeah, so for like the next month, it's like one issue a week for the Spider-Man stuff as we're learning the new status quo of the one true Spider-Man written forever and drawn forever by Dan Jurgens. Right, right. Uh, so Todd, uh, did we have any uh, art attacks this week?
0: We did have an art attack, Joe. Um, So from Dan... Um, I don't know how to say that because I'm terrible.
1: Concierge comic.
0: Concierge comic. I knew I would mess it up. What a way to start a Friday! Getting this in the mail uh, for the Jack Cats Kickstarter. Thanks to Liam Sharp for putting this together. Um, it was a print or a uh, from the Kickstarter that he had, and he also said he meant to include uh, more information on the project called Unseen Jack Cats from Kickstarter. So, uh, very nice. Uh, but I'm going to say book plate or print. I'm not sure. I looked it up before. But uh, Liam Sharp, a lot of i always liked his stuff, a lot of detail and cross-hatching and stuff like that, really knows how to do it.
1: Yeah, so it, they're calling them plates for some reason, plates, but I don't think yes. they're, like, typically the plate that you would put inside of a book because it looks like it's, like, no. 11 by 17.
0: I always felt that, like, plates were... Like, what you would get, like, you know when we we, we do previewing in the past, uh, there would be, like, portfolios in there? Yeah. Portfolios are, like, so you would, the envelope would have, like, thicker pieces of paper. It's not, like, typing paper. It's more, like, art board thing, and then it's printed on it. And to me, those were always, like, the plates. Uh, slightly different than a print. Prints are thinner. So, if that's what it is, I'm, I'm guessing.
1: Either way, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you, uh, Dan, for sharing that with us. If you've gotten any Kickstarter-type rewards, heading out to conventions, getting commissions, buying some old original art, be sure to uh, tag Todd's Art Attack and share it with us. And we'll uh, be sure to share it with the rest of our listenership. Yes. Uh, so while you're also over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out our store where you can get shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. If you want even more fancy logos on even more things, head over to tinyurl.com/longboxheroes. longboxheroes. That is our T public store where you can get designs inspired by this show, designs inspired by Longbox Heroes After Dark. We need wrestling uh hit my music amongst others uh over at rt public store i think the sale is we missed the sale last week but the next sale is coming up in two weeks it's like 35 percent off so if you really need like cell phone covers or a notebook that says fish math on it you Hmm. could wait we'll let you know when the sale happens
0: right they make great stocking stuffers and the season's showing up so yes
1: and uh, we are, as uh, this goes live, uh, about 36 hours away from time being capped off uh, for you to get the full, how many weeks is the football season this year? 87 weeks? I think it is. I want to say it's 18 weeks because they added stuff, but. 18 weeks. Ugh. Uh For the pigskin pick'ems, the link is right there at the front. Uh, it's the first option when you head over to longboxheroes.com. They made it a lot easier. For you to sign up and join the group uh, for Longbox Heroes. And uh, we got a bunch of people in. We're yes, already up do. to two pages worth. that crossed over to there. And a lot of these
0: people picking the names, mm-hmm. I think they know me, Joe. Okay. We have the, uh, the boy's name, Sue. That's a Johnny Cash takeoff in the Garth Ennis uh, book. So that's that. Obviously, we have all the Doom ones, like uh, Vinny Doombots, And then there was another one, Doom Did Nothing Wrong, which is fantastic. And, uh, oh, is there a Clayton Morris, numbers, Clayton Morris's number two fan, Joe? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. And, hey, if you're a Clayton Morris fan, me and him have a podcast coming up when he had to get away from things, you know, because he had a lot on his mind and went over to Europe. And we talk about his stay there. Working title, Joe? portugal talk
1: <laughs> give the writers a raise for that one
0: I, I,
1: you know how long i was sitting on portugal talk joe at least oh, a week oh my goodness uh but yeah so there's a ton of people and i'll also throw a shout out here for my good buddy joey who runs kayfabe collectibles uh, wrestling stuff, he and his wife are traveling the United States in an RV full of wrestling memorabilia he'll be popping up at a show near you, just follow him uh, mm-hmm. online and also search uh, on the same site that you would get into Longbox Heroes, you can search out uh, Kayfabe Picks to sign up for uh, Joey's deal and I think he's given away a prize pack of uh, wrestling things and so forth there And I'll just say this, there's less folks in his than there is in ours, so maybe you got a better chance to sign it up and win in there.
0: I might go over to win all that wrestling swag, Joe.
1: That's right, and lord it over us.
0: Oh, I'd be like, who's the greatest? this guy.
1: (laughs) And, uh, of course, you can also sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash longboxheroes. $5 a month is going to get you those two bonus shows. That Todd and I put out every month, previewing the past, where we look at 30 years ago, this month's previews catalog. We just wrapped up September 1991. Lots of gems that we found in there, not only gems of the month, uh, but also some of the craziest solicitations for the (laughs) trading cards, non-sports cards that we've seen in quite some time. Right. Right. And uh, six never-seen movies, Todd assigns me uh, six movies that I've never seen, and I do the same to him. We alternate months, wash, rinse, repeat. Uh, This month, in about a week or two, we'll be recording Todd's first viewing of Ricky O., the story of Ricky. If you're familiar with that film, then you know what Todd's in for. And Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with that film, be sure to check it out yourself. And then you you could enjoy the fun along with Todd.
0: I'm hoping I enjoy this movie so I can give it the thumbs up uh, kiss thumb. You know what I mean? So we'll see.
1: And uh, last but not least, another way that you go. Oh, and also with the $5 level, you could get uh, After Dark like three days before everyone else. So you can get these shows in the correct listening <laughs> order. Yep. And another way that you could help us out, of course, is by making any and all of your purchases through the Amazon click through banner at the top of the page at longboxheroes.com. It does not cost you anything extra. They, Amazon, call it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the notable purchases through the Amazon Click Through this week include... Somebody purchased a Fire HD tablet. Uh, Somebody also purchased both. Uh, Echo Gear Universal Floor Speaker Stands as well as pre-Sonus Eris near-field studio monitor speakers. Ooh. And uh, last but not least, it must be time to restock the break room because the uh, snack variety pack of Oreos, Ritz Bits, and Honeymade Crackers were purchased. Uh, and again, thank you to anyone and everyone who made any purchases through the Amazon click-through. Uh, this week, this month, this year, or whenever. Uh, you know, if you're heading back out and making your purchases there, by all means. But if you're still, uh, comfortable getting stuff sent to your home, by all means, give us that little bit of an advertising revenue on the back end. Mm -hmm. And I think that's it before we get into TV talk, right?
0: Right. Unless, because it's non spoiler, unless you want to talk about, uh, dates moving.
1: Right. So that was going to be my bridge to that. Um, so in the show email I send to Todd every week, I you know kind of lay out the show and everything. And sometimes I mess up, and sometimes I don't. More times than not, I'm uh pretty on the ball. But when I mess up, I'm I I I beat myself up over it uh, more than Todd could ever hope to.
0: Right. Sometimes yeah. I don't send the the pool list back to you. It's an interesting email
1: chain. Yeah, you know, it's some it's nice just to get the email back. You know.
0: Right. Well, hey, I always email you back. It might be two words, but that's it. That's all I'm looking for. It's
1: Mm acknowledgement of receipt of the email. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, one of the things that we're keeping track of is the movies as they're coming out. Uh, Shang-Chi came out this past weekend. Sadly, it being a holiday weekend and a busy holiday weekend, uh, neither one of us got a chance to see it. Uh, But I'm hearing good things about it. It did very well at the box office. The most important metrics of any movie. Uh, But the next one on the list is a movie that's already had its date changed twice. And Mm -hmm. that would be Venom 2, or whatever the name of it is. Uh, Woody Harrelson in a Bad Wig, I think is the subtitle. Right. Right. Uh, It was originally supposed to come out on September 24th. Then it got pushed back to October 19th. And now it got pushed up to October 1st. Right. Who knows if it'll be pushed or moved around again.
0: I think it's where it's going to stay now.
1: Fingers crossed. I certainly hope so for all parties involved. Right.
0: I think it's moving around because the world's not ready for the debut of Wild Whip.
1: (laughs) Now, again, I'm not looking at any IMDb spoilers to see if uh, Wild Whip is on the uh, cast list, you know? (laughs) Right. Oh, oh uh, I guess we're going to start with Stargirl, since that's the oldest of the uh yes. things that we watched.
0: Right. And then we'll get into the season finale of Legends.
1: Right. Kind of close with that. Right. Right. Uh, so Stargirl, uh, less about this was probably the episode to date that had the least amount of Courtney stuff in it.
0: Right. Still very interesting, though
1: still very interesting her bit that she had in the uh house of uh, is it the house of secrets yep
0: I popped so hard for that
1: yes uh with the shade was a really good scene but so much uh of this was the other characters of course uh primarily um the stuff with um sportsmaster and what's the Tig- sportsmaster tigress and Artemis right because Artemis is tr- she's in a foster home huh. because they're in jail, but she has her big football tryout this week, and Sportsmaster and Tigress want to be there for the football tryout, so they break out of jail, mm-hmm. um, and are immediately caught because it's on the newspaper. You know, two thousand twenty-one, the newspaper.
0: Well, that's Mike's uh, delivery route. He's got to have those
1: right, and again. The bit with him reading the uh, the headline, it's like, huh? Married felons break out of prison, <laughs> and then these they're standing right there behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they make a deal with Pat, and they say, "Listen, we broke out. We just want to be here uh, for a uh, uh, her ch- football tryout, and then as soon as the football tryout's over, we're gonna break ourselves back in prison." Right. And uh Pat's like, all right, no problem, as long but you gotta be inconspicuous, you gotta be as quiet as a church mouse. And as soon as they walk in, they're hooting and hollering, and Pat's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> you know. But while all this is going on, of course, uh Cindy is compiling her um evil, the her ISA with the eclipso gem. And we learn what the so we had the bit earlier in the episode where it's like Oh, boy, uh, 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 Amy Smart's character, the mom, and uh, Luke Wilson are like, boy, we were up late. And she's like, well, we had to tell you everything that's going on with Eclipso, so we were up all night telling you all the stuff that Eclipso does, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we learned that the Eclipso diamond can make, like, illusions appear, and that's exactly what Cindy does to mess up Artemis' football trial, and it ends up – or er, football trial, and ends up working. And then she uses that as leverage to try to get Artemis to join the ISA, as well as uh, the Fiddler's son.
0: Right. Which is a great scene where she goes to talk to him and she's like, oh, I'm looking to get new friends and everything. And she's like, I know what it's like to have my parents die. And she's like, well, how did your parents die? And she's like, horribly. And then she gives that Cindy smile. And it's like, I love Cindy as a villain, man. Mm -hmm. I love
1: Cindy as a villain. Uh, there was, like, little to no Yolanda this episode.
0: Other than she's got a job at the Shake Shack.
1: Right. Rick is still um feeding Feed. something in the woods, a big dog, as he tells yep. everyone. Yep. And then Beth, I guess, had a little bit more because we get a little bit more in-depth information in regards to her and the original Dr. Midnight because the shade tells Courtney, because uh, Courtney's like, okay, the Shade is trying to get the Eclipso Diamond so that he can have that power and kill us all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As they're investigating the archaeologist who found this, and all of his stuff is classified in the JSA files, that's when... Courtney goes to the House of Secrets bookstore, which the sign on front of the building is the same font as the House of Secrets comic book, mm-hmm. which as Todd mentioned, popped huge for, I marked yep. out. It was awesome. It's yep. it's crazy that it, we got a TV show where they just throw stuff like that in there <laughs> yep. for like the deepest of the DC uh, nerds to get, you know? Right. So while she's there, the shade is there also doing his investigations and he's like, no, I, I like yeah, OK, so, yes, I want the Eclipso diamond, but not because I want its power. It's because I want to destroy it so nobody else can get it because I know what it can do. Um, and I know what it will do if it falls into the wrong hands. He then tells Courtney that Eclipso killed uh, Dr. Midnight's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, Courtney, goes to Pat and is like, why didn't you tell me this? Well, we're trying to keep stuff from you. And, of course, this always works out well in a CW superhero show when people who are supposed to be working together are keeping secrets from each other. Not in the House of Secrets, but secrets nonetheless. And this is where um, Beth finds out that Dr. Midnight is not dead, but he is trapped in the shadow realm or the shadow dimension or the shadow world that Eclipso is from.
0: Or is it from Inside the Shade?
1: okay that could be it as well
0: right that's the one that's kind of the way i look because i just want to discuss the in the, the the house of secrets where the it, the interaction between courtney and the shade was some of my favorite stuff in this episode i absolutely uh, like loved all that stuff and he ends up telling he's like that's as far as your mind can go is like a super villain team up he's like no i'm gonna throw that to the bottom of the ocean she's like well you killed you killed dr midnight he's like is that what uh what uh pat told you and obviously it's wrong he's like there's a lot he hasn't told you and then like the whole thing with the kid and she goes out, and he has one of my favorite lines in the series so far and she's like he's like your mind can't understand there's evil and there's bad and you know i'm i'm bad and he's like i've bent the rules i've done this i've done that but he's evil and i'm like this is the shade that i absolutely love and then like sinks into the the uh like you know his shadow and i'm it made me think when dr midnight's walking i'm like okay maybe pat didn't see he saw dr midnight dragged off he didn't see shade actually kill him so maybe shade has a plan i don't know so i don't know wh- which one it is but all around dear god love the shade just needs to wear the top hat a little bit more
1: absolutely so uh star was good this week Yep. Yep. Legend. So I'll uh turn things over to you for the season finale of uh Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Right,
0: as we last left them, they're in 1925 with Spooner's mom um and the uh the the Fountain of Imperium, which is uh mushrooms has is die- has is dying and John Constantine is dead and gone forever, Joe. And uh so and also uh Mick has been blown to smithereens last we saw. Um, but we start we get to this episode and we're on the wave rider and Mick's okay, just a little singed. Um, but he saved all the kids. So they go out and they realize that uh that the the fountain is dying and now the aliens are going to come because they send one of those lizards from early in the in the show and sends off a beacon like, hey, we can we could take this planet, it's right for the picking. Um, so they decide what should they do, uh, and they find a message from, uh, Bishop, and he's like, you know, like, I created the venom that destroyed the mushrooms, nobody but me could fix it, so you're on, you're, you're, you're in trouble, so they decide, uh, any plan that they would do, Sarah would pick, that he'd know, so they go against anything she would do, and they go back in time, and they get... Young Bishop dressed as Dr Savannah from Shazam um definitely a different version of this character um and they bring him in to cure the uh the, the mushrooms. But while this is going on, they find the mushroom that's left behind that has John Constantine's essence. So in Le- of course the legend, somebody on the legend has to eat it because it's a mushroom. And they talk to it. Sarah talks to John. He gives them in his white trench coat, which look awesome by the way, um, decides that they have to connect and be together. Cause that's the, the answer to everything. And uh, so they decide that they're going to fight the aliens when they come. But they decide we have a couple hours because they won't fight until dark that uh, Ava and Sarah decide to get married because, you know, we're going to spend the last hours. If we can't do all these aliens that show up, we'll do it. So they end up doing the the uh, the ceremony. Um, But before they can finish, Bishop shows up and uh, blacks out the night with like smoke uh, and the aliens wake up and they're ready to fight because together we could do anything. And here comes like 20 aliens. And they're like, we could stand our ground. And then about a thousand fantastically CGI aliens <laughs> come over the hill. Um, they go into the house, fight them, find out that they all are connected. Uh, they start switching powers around and everything. Um, and in it they decide we're all gonna die. But we've never finished the ceremony because they never said I do. They end up doing the, cer- finishing the ceremony, say, I do. And love saves the day because the fountain is like, ah, oh, you people are worthy ends up destroying all the aliens. And they're like, yay, we won the day, but Bishop shows up. And he's like, I'm going to kill every single one of you single handedly in the world. If I have to, to be alone with uh, Sarah and start my new world. But luckily Mick and Kayla's kids are born and they pop out of the sack that they were holding them. And they come out very hungry that nobody knew. And they end up eating Bishop alive. And then Mick wears one of his children as a tiny hat. And, uh, and I'll get to the after story at the end. But uh, they end up curing the Imperium. John is alive, but he's leaving. And so is Mick. So the only people that are left in the original uh, Legends of Tomorrow are Sarah and Gideon.
1: I still stand by Gideon's a member of the the legends. So, did
0: I miss anything?
1: No, I think you hit everything. Um, the only thing I mentioned was that those alien the uh, Zargons looked very Gorn esque in their appearance, mm-hmm. and I did enjoy that. Um, John showing up in his fancy white outfit—I have it in my notes as White Lantern John Constantine, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, as soon as barat showed up and i'm like oh they're gonna do mushrooms to co- communicate with john because he's their uh crutch to do drug jokes on the show or drug mm-hmm. stuff on the show yep, yep. and uh, i'll say i'm a dope that i bit on both fake outs that john was dead and rory was dead
0: yep uh uh that i did too i was like, okay. And then at the end, they're like, okay, now we go to the rave wave rider. We can all go home. And another wave rider comes out of the sky and blows up the wave rider, which I didn't think another wave rider was going to blow it up. But I, I, I'm not going to say I'm a genius or anything like that, but the whole thing with them walking back to the wave rider and they, 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 the camera lingers way too long on the wave rider. I'm like, all right, this has to explode. And I thought it was just going to explode on its own, but it ends up being shot by a different time wave, ride Or whatever. So now next season is probably going to be all about why that happened.
1: So. And I'll also add in here that I thought Sarah's white pants suit for the wedding looked very nice.
0: Oh, I thought that I, I agree, but the bow is too much. <laughs> the bow was too much. Um the though Ava's dress looked fantastic. And the fact that not only is Gary the godparents to Mick and, and Kayla's kids, but he also got to walk Ava down the aisle. Right.
1: Gary Gary won the season finale of legends. So but all in all, a good episode, a good season. I love Legends of Tomorrow. It's it's such a fun show. It, it That's truly a fun show, yes. And we don't have to wait that long for it to come back, because <laughs> the next season, as I mentioned, starts in five weeks. Yep. Uh, when it returns in October, it actually moves to Wednesday nights. Oh, look at that. We record, uh-huh. and,
0: we record and then we can watch it the next day, be fresh.
1: Right. And, uh... We do have something to fill in the gap between now and then. We're not going to have just Stargirl next week because if I'm looking at the calendar here correctly, starting Monday, uh, is it on Hulu, I think? Why the Last Man starts up. Yes. No, it's- why the
0: Last Man is on – well, it might be on Hulu, but it's on FX or FXX. One or the other. That's all under Hulu's banner.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's both. It looks like it's on FXX. And cause the, the poster says exclusively on FX and Hulu. Right. But that starts Monday. So we'll be next week. We'll be talking about the latest episode of star girl and the season premiere of why the last man. Yep. Yep.
0: I have, I mean, I just, I'm curious because I just want to discuss for one second. I, I, I feel we read why the last man and they never spoiler alert. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Give you a definitive answer to how everything starts in the comic. But I feel that because it's TV, they're definitely going to give you a definitive answer in the TV show. Well, that's the way Hollywood rolls. You know what I it's, mean?
1: It's 10 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's too soon to know if it's picked up for a second season. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that all 10 episodes are in the can. I'm just kind of thinking this out loud.
0: Let me just say, if the show runs its entire course, the whole Why the Last Man story, by the end, they will give us a definitive answer.
1: Okay. Because I was going to say, in the 10 episodes that we already have slated, I think we're going to get an answer. I think we'll get,
0: because in the book they had... Various answers, and we'll yes. get a couple.
1: Um, you know, and again, uh, I was just curious. I, again, I don't want to get into spoiler talk about the comic because I don't know if it's going to be spoiler talk about the TV show. You know no, what I mean? I,
0: guess I, I did I was just yes or no. That's all I was thinking. Sorry, I brought it up. Never. Mind. No,
1: no, no, because I want, I, I want to, like, I want to continue to postulize and theorize on how I think and what I think and how I think. Mm-hmm but i don't want to spoil the tv show like not right. only for anyone who's going to watch it and this is going to be their first exposure to it but also for myself
0: right right
1: but i'll i'll reiterate and say i think we're going to get an answer we're just not going to get the answer
0: okay i'm looking forward to it
1: yep as am i i'm i'm excited for it um being that april read this i might try to wrangle her into watching it just not uh you know
0: and then do we record with her too so no
1: goodness uh, no oh good we record well past her bedtime
0: well we could do an extra early episode for 10 weeks
1: (laughs) i don't think that's gonna happen
0: no i didn't i didn't think so either
1: right so i think that's it for this episode eh?
0: I think that's everything.
1: Okay. So, everyone, thank you very much for listening to episode 571 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying, see you all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boo!